0: just shut up Tom and I listen to people and you know when I felt there was a question needing asking and I asked it like you know the way some people think well, I can't ask that I'm a bit nervous or that's that might be a stupid question they're going to laugh at me ask the question there's no stupid question if you don't know the answer
1: Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. For this week's episode we speak to an Irish fly angler who is now not only living and fishing in Sweden but also represents his adopted country at world championship level. Wicklow's Graeme Reynolds tells us about the incredible fishing that's to be had in Sweden and how, despite his early struggles in the competition scene over there, he kept at it, and in a few years it led to him fishing at the Worlds and captaining Sweden in 2024. But first, Tom, you fished Sweden as well, I believe. What was it like?
2: Yeah, come on, Dara. Yeah, I fished Sweden a couple of times. I fished uh, the Worlds back in 2001. That was my first cap. And then I fished, I think it was 2005, uh, I fished the Europeans in a place called Saxons Garden. Funny, that sticks in the mind more. That was fantastic fishing there. It really was. Now, it was it was rivers and lakes in the event. And um, the lake was just close to the, the base in Saxon's Garden. And we ended up having crack and fishing on it. And they, it was very interesting because there, there isn't a tradition of lock fishing in Sweden. So, you know, there's a lot of fishing from anchor boats and everything. And, of course, it was run over. The, the competition rules were from a drifting boat. And uh, God, we... I think in the four, in the four sessions, uh, we had two fours and two and won two of them. Of a fit, you know, in fi, you know, there was fifteen, there was fifteen teams in it. Um, yeah, it was really good. No, we did well. That was that was the one that um, uh, Tom Sweeney, Swanky from Macroom, was really unfortunate. He was winning, winning the whole individual event with just one session to go, and uh, he just got a bum draw on the last one. Um, but uh, no, it was, it was really good. The fishing was lovely. The place was gorgeous. Uh, really liked it so much so that I, I know Tom used to bring a party back there, and a few of them, there oh, was a Dennis as well, Dennis but, but a few, um, a few of them from uh, down that neck of the woods went back to Saxon's Garden for a few years and cracking fishing. Really, really lovely spot. It's
1: well, I'd say it's so, so. It's again, it's I, I know of a few lads who go over salmon fishing and mm. saying that the fishing is. In- Brilliant now. They said it's not a numbers game, you know. Um that you know you might be you might get one or two for the week, mm. but if you get the one or two you'll 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 be doing well. Like um and it is, it's one of those kind of places like as you hear from Graham, like it's between Grayling,
2: yeah. Trouch, yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, uh Pike he was saying is massive scene over yeah. there. Um but it's interesting actually, you were saying I didn't realise that like for all the lakes and you're saying they don't really have a lock style. No,
2: tradition. they don't. No, they don't. And, like, to be honest, they were really interested in chatting to us afterwards. Uh, you know, they were sort of coming up to us, looking at the flies and everything. And at the end of the competition, as you get in most competitions, very free, giving them the flies and everything. And, um, yeah, they did work up there. They really did. I'm trying to think it was... trying to think. It was small bumbles, small black bumbles that were working. And, and you now, the only non-traditional thing you'd say at the end... Of, to, to wait the fly we were putting a bead head on the end which you could fish flip smoosh and then above we were fishing a team of three on an intermediate with uh smaller black bumbles just pull through the waves, cracking um yeah no that they, they, they don't have a tradition they don't have a tradition but it was you know, it was interesting uh even John to Graham there and it, you know how he's sort of the same of course like it's great to Graham but like his background is rivers and of course yeah. like I'm trying to find out more about the lakes there. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, the land of a thousand lakes it's all over the place. It's very interesting there as well. Like, some lakes will be designated commercial fisheries where they net them and, you know, they, they harvest them for fish. So much so that one of the evenings we were served for Avalax char on wooden boards. Was
1: that I was
2: telling like? you. Oh, I believe it was beautiful. To die for. Absol- to die for. It was absolutely beautiful. And then the lake we were on was designated as a sport fishery. So you weren't, there was no commercial fishery. out. Uh, it was just all over the place. Very interesting as well uh, when we were talking to Graham. it comes up about the Baltic salmon. You mentioned the salmon there. And, yes. and we chatted to, to Connor about it before. Um, that, that's, now, as you know, I'm a trout man. But there's something about the Baltic salmon now here. <laughs> kind of, but there you know, seems
1: to be a bit more of them around. <laughs>
2: like, yeah, well, <laughs> you know what? Well, I never thought about that. that could be the reason.
1: <laughs> it's. Uh, I said it it's, there's worse places you go to move you know for yeah. Graham
2: and, and it's it's great because like we didn't really even, we, know, we touched a little bit on the fishing I think definitely it's one we've got to revisit because uh, you know there, there's some cracking fishing there we only scratched the surface with Graham
1: another one for the bucket list
2: Woo! <laughs> yep
1: <laughs> keeps getting longer yeah All right, it's great well, let's get back to this week's guest so and I first asked Graham about his background on the Wicklow rivers
0: I didn't really start fly fishing until it was about 14, 15, but I was I was I was fishing relatively young in, in other methods, uh spinning and whatnot. Being from beside the coast, we, we had an abundance of options. And I mean, I grew up fishing the Varty River and then um, the Varty Angling Club down there in Ashtown Lane behind the rugby club. Maybe uh, you might be aware of it. But that's where I would have started in nineteen ninety four, and my father got me in as a member. I was would, would have been one of the founder junior members. I think I was only fourteen, fifteen. There. Um, and I grew up there all my life. Yeah, and then uh, as I got to about eighteen, nineteen, twenty, obviously car came along. I was I was I was able to go further afield and uh, I would have been uh okay. Heading up into the Wicklow Mountains, uh, you know, exploring the small rivers and streams, the abundance that we have up there as well, like yeah, the Avon Moor and the Ockham River. would have fished a lot, the Avon
1: uh and all those small little tributaries of the Avonmore as well. And and did you find, Graham? you know, as you were getting older in your teenage years, that, you know, you might have started out as a kid with a couple of other kids were into fishing, but that you were getting more into it? You know, yeah. and you were the kids, the, the teenagers were kind of dropping away.
0: They fell away. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> In my teen years, uh, I played a lot of golf as well in Wicklow Golf Club. And I happened to be half decent at that. I mean, I got down to a four or five handicap. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> Jeez, and, you must be spending uh, a lot of
1: time on the golf course. Yeah.
0: Mm. So in, in between both, like, I mean... I, I was fishing and my grandfather, the rest of his he soul, he'd collect me and then I'd, the rods would be in the boat and I'd be, I'd be heading up to the, the pond, we call it. You now it's a small lake uh, where it used to actually feed Wicklow, it, its water supply up until around 1920, I think it was. And correct me if I'm wrong if anyone's listening, but uh, circa 1920. And then uh, it, it dried up for years and it was almost like a little nature reserve. And then uh, 93 94 could have been around that era. They decide to dam it or close off the valve, fill it back yeah. again, and, and it became a lovely
1: little, little uh, uh, fly fishing club that that's still going to this day. And and then, as you were then, like I said, kind of eighteen, nineteen, you were like you said, you had the car, you were going further afield, you were going up to the mountains. Was it the kind of the mountain yeah, streams that um, held, held the exactly. interest? Yeah, started to realize. Like, I mean, you can get out
0: onto the rivers. uh I, I would go further south. Um, I, I would, we would have been fishing for the sea trout in the dead of night on the Artery, Varty River that flows into Broadlocks down there in Wicklow Keys. Uh, I, I would have been um, uh heading even further south down towards Arklow, uh to the Anna Riley and all those tiny and you know, Potter's River. You, you might have heard of those. Tiny little rivers like, but would primarily get a good head of sea, a sea trout run, like you know. So, uh, I just love that in the dead of night, you know. And, um, so I learned to, I learned to be f- quite accurate with my cast, I suppose in the dark on my knees
2: in small streams,
0: just, yeah. It sounds in like small well, streams,
2: yeah. if you didn't, you wouldn't be there's no point of fishing them.
0: <laughs> no, you needed that. Yeah. And then, also, Tom. You'd be wanting to go down and doing your research and, and, and know where you're going to be fishing that evening, or, or the, yeah. you know, a day or two after you had planned to go down there. Because if you're going down there unannounced, to, to where there's a turn, or there's a big bush, or even a barbed wire, that might go over from a, a farmer, you need to scope it out and know exactly where you're going to fish because you're completely fishing in the darkness. Like,
2: yeah.
0: and, and and also you don't want any moonlight behind you either for a most productive night of East Coast sea trout fishing, you
2: know. I remember reading Focus's book about sea trout fishing. I've never done any of it, but I, you know, I I could probably quote the book off off by heart. It's a cracking
0: book, Hugh Focus. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a great book. Um, My father
0: uh, told me, you know, to to read up on him and his patterns and his flies, and they were quite, you know, to to today's standards, they would
2: have been fairly basic. Like, yeah, uh, did it help you actually? The book did it help you for your nitro? No
0: would have yeah it would have uh i mean i would have started off when i was when i started tying my own flies i mean i was i was literally there was none there wouldn't have been these small euro name style hooks and jigs and and beads of all different weights, uh and there wouldn't have been a lot of tungsten either tom it, you know it was yeah. just your it was really your panels and your natural tails and and your yeah. traditional um uh, wets like that, you were just swinging across a,
2: down a, the down and across, they were the tactics, weren't they?
0: Yeah, and then yeah. if you got a really, really dark night, you could literally put on any type of dry flight, like a Goddard sage or a yeah. piece of dark foam, and you'd hear them supping for it. Yeah, you know, and you, could, you, you couldn't see it, like you just have to wait for your strike and lift your rod up. and Sometimes you'd get them, Sometimes nine times out of ten, your line would be in the tree behind you because. You think they've gone for your fly, which the, they, they try and sink it a bit. Yeah. In type, to, to primarily take another uh, uh, investigation of what it is like. So, so they initially won't take it on the first take. Uh, it's,
2: yeah, it's just as if they're just taking it on under and then they're going to hit yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, there's a lot of patience involved in that little technique as well. And I learned that. And getting to Dara's question there, I just remembered. Um, I suppose it was self taught. My father was never really a fly fish, and he was more spin and uh, right. worms and, and, and all that, you know, that old school uh, type of method as well. I just, um, it really probably all started from the lake down there in Ashtown. Right. And then I'd get involved with some of the older members and there was some great mentors there that came through the years. And, uh, you know, you were never done asking questions. And why do you have that? And what's that there for? And you'd learn something every time as a young book going down there. Um, and yeah. it was so close to me. I just, I, I used to just go, go across the fields. I'd, oh, not that close. Fields. Down across little a little stream, through a cattle field, and I was there at the entrance. And I'd walk up, and I'd I'd, I'd bring me packed sandwiches and everything, and I'd be up there till dark.
2: Class, brilliant, yeah, brilliant. It was yeah, brilliant. It was so, right. so you can see where you came on. Then you start, I suppose, you really honed your fly fishing on probably the nighttime on the on the, the small east coast rivers. Yeah. And after that, did you did you stick at that, or did you go further afield within the country, or?
0: I did. I I stuck with that. Um. Oh, yeah I got into uh, I got into uh I met another club club member of the waterchang club and uh, we were kind of mutually thinking I'd, I'd love to try a bit of the salmon fishing uh with, with uh, the 13 14 foots right with, yeah 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 and whatnot and we did we got into it for a couple of years and I have all the gear still there yeah. Actually, I brought it over here with me um but uh, we we would get, go down to the Blackwater lot as so, a and um i fished many times on the drows and oh um, wow!
2: so you yeah. you you kind of caught the salmon bug a bit did you
0: I did yeah and i got a few, <laughs> yeah. I got a few as well so uh <laughs> I was, I was done right there. As a you got it good <laughs> yeah i never i never got you know the drows now when you get a fish there it 9 times out of 10 it's a big fish or a fish of a lifetime and yeah. uh, it it craves for a lot of uh, patience so every time I was there, we we were always around end of January, February, and I would I would always get a kelter, too. But uh, I mean, in the say six, seven times I was there, I never could get a fresh fish into the net. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah. It's yeah. that's, that's a
0: hard old game as well, you know.
2: Oh, like huh, who are you telling Look, the salmon is it's it's a perseverance game. It's a perseverance to, game, uh, isn't it? Yeah, mm.
0: you have to keep at it. So I brought the gear over here and uh, we fished some bigs uh, when I first moved here, uh, I fished some big rivers down near the mouth where they enter the uh, into the Baltic Sea over here. Um but I remember one one weekend I went uh would have been 2013, I think it was, and there was big salmon being caught and big sea. Yeah. at the same time. Sure, I caught every species in the lake or the river except yeah. I was targeting. I caught pike on tube flies. <laughs>
2: you I didn't know small
0: brown trout were taking us, but no. No, no bars of silver.
2: <laughs> right. No. But you still have the stuff there. Okay, so listen, we just jumped a bit there. There's a there's a huge thing missing here, okay? So, oh yeah Yeah, yeah the big thing. So you're talking about fishing early in the drought, so the next thing you're talking about fishing in Rivers in southern Sweden. How did this all come about? Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've 45 <to> minutes. <laughs> um, I suppose I, I, I moved over here. I mean, my love for Sweden. Uh, I, I won't, I won't touch on this, but I have to put it into the story to make oh, it yeah. uh, applicable and uh, for folks to understand this. I, I, I would have met a girl that was from here. Yeah. Uh. 2006 or seven and then in 2012 I actually emigrated over here 2012 uh, yeah
2: yeah
0: I had been here for on a couple of occasions on holidays but then obviously that relation didn't work out and okay. uh, yeah so I was single for a few for a few years and I, I had since met my lovely wife and we've kids and we're married and yeah let's get that end of the story out <laughs> I I I moved here in two thousand and twelve April, and I remember it well. It was very daunting. Um, it was it was after the you know the e- economical crisis we had around oh nine oh ten and I'm a crash, I'm a, the crash.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm a plumber by trade, and uh,
1: really?
0: I um I I was sitting around. I I managed to I got into the stores, and I was a manager of a store, and I was doing you know um this uh. uh What's that? I, I do lose a lot of my English. i speak in Swedish. Um, <laughs> um, say the Swedish,
2: and our Swedish listeners will know. I wouldn't
0: know it in Swedish either. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what's the call? Uh, like uh, into marketing stuff, and I, I worked. I, I was an assistant manager in Extravision, and then mm. best friends where I got into, and it wasn't what I wanted to do. I was a qualified plumber, and I wanted to yeah. do. That. So lo and behold, after about six, eight months being here, I would say early twenty thirteen, I. I Got into a, a company here, and I'm I've been with them ever since. But I, I, anyway, that's the historical background of how I came here, and uh, and uh, where I'm at now. But um, I, I brought all my fishing gear with me.
2: A wise move. Important thing. <laughs> That was the most important thing. Um, so now then, tell I me, the, the family, the your, your wife's family, and anything. Is there any fishing attached to them at all? No, nobody in her family fish. She doesn't fish. Yeah,
0: does uh, the father tied a lot of fish or uh, tied a lot of flies. And uh, oh, cool! Now, now that you mentioned it, and did a lot when he was younger. Now he's in his seventies now, and he's still quite active. Yeah, uh, for a man of seventy odd or whatever. But he came before Christmas with a box loads. I mean, box loads of feathers that I'll never get through in my life. <laughs> uh, hooks from partridge and Redditch. Uh, hooks, for on hooks, you name it, Tom. If I if you could come over here, I could have a little mini weekend show of, of just you know giving these things I, I, I you might see them, but the, our listeners won't be able to see them, but
2: yeah, boxes, and boxes
0: yeah, of feathers that I've never even heard of.
2: So, trays upon trays behind you there, yes, yes, brilliant. it's, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, that was great. He, yeah, uh, he, um, and he fishes the odd time spins, doesn't right. really fly fish anymore. Um, but I I kept that it when I was over here. I recreational fished when I first came here. I was always looking for that lake, uh, and it was it's very it's primarily very hard when you move to a different location, mm. let alone a country. Now yeah, you very start true. to find these clubs and rivers and um. I, I I first I I I wasn't fishing rivers when I first came here. I would have been just fishing stocked rainbow and brown trout mm. lakes. Right. And I found solace and enjoyment in that for a couple of years.
2: Yeah, they're they great. They they it's fill brilliant. a purpose. I've always said it. Yeah, they really do. You know, I never you never see people. Some people knocking them. I never. I'd never take that. Like yeah, they fill a purpose. They, you know, they are what they are. They give you exactly, so think-
0: and, and you learn so much from it, which were casting and your and your retrieves and your depths and everything. Exactly. And you, you do learn a lot from from. It. Actually,
2: like, what part of Sweden? had you moved to?
0: Fairly central. If, if you could draw a line directly west inland from yeah. Stockholm you come to a city called Erebru. and it's the fifth or sixth it might be oh some people it's debatable six or seven <laughs> for the Swedes it's yeah the you six, don't get caught seven, up
2: in that I see yeah
0: <laughs> the six or seven biggest uh, city per capita of, of population yeah about 130 thousand I'd say living in it now mm. Um, and that's where my base camp was for years and and only last year we moved further north. Now, when I say further north, we're like an hour north.
2: Right. But,
0: but, but you go in gradients with sea level. I'm up, I'm up. you know, I'm up uh, maybe 100 or 150 meters higher now up in the same county, if you want to call it. Yeah. I'm much closer to small brown trout lakes and um, brooks and and these little streams and 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 then to the bigger water where we train and we fish uh I'm even closer still um just about right. an, hour, an hour and a half from them so, mm. so that, I can't that, wait till the snow melts to get out you know
2: no I really wanted to ask you about the fishing but just there and it's just hit me now how is your swedish how did you you suddenly went over to sweden and and um
0: disaster to start that, with. yeah yeah and over to go I would go to these parties and you know ga- uh, evening gatherings with friends or whatever and and I mean it was nice at the start for them because they would want to speak a lot of English and and the, the Swedes they're great at their English their their school mm. is phenomenal like they are very good at English I mean it, it it obviously Swedish is their first native language but their English is is a very second a very close second
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: So, like the large majority of ninety percent of people in Sweden uh, speak English to some simple degree. And it's just the slightly older generation that would probably would have learned it when they were younger, and then it just it fell away from them. Yeah, these younger folks now that are coming out of college and stuff, there you could hold a very intellectual conversation with them. Like they're very good at their English. But my Swedish, I'd say, after twelve years now is. Ah, uh, so, so you know th- this might get a few debates, but any of the Swedes listen to this. But uh, I, I hold my own, Tom and Darrow. I, I, would say I can have a decent conversation. Um, but it's I, they will say it's a hard language, like with the the grammar. Yeah. Uh, and, and pronouns and nouns and all that, like. But I mean, I'm learning every week. And uh, my wife's been great. She'd always go, sometimes I I need to just speak Swedish with you in the house. Like, I said, yeah, no problem. And then my, my youngest son, he's five, he could come down and completely speak English with me. like Right. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's my wife's uh, idea straight out the door. And you see, and it's, I can't help that if my little son comes down and just whatever he wants to speak on the day, like, because he's bilingual, like, so he's,
1: what was, uh, what's the biggest uh, or most difficult thing for you in terms of um, uh, settling over there, did you find, apart from the language?
0: The ha- hard winters, there are hard winters, uh, not being useful at all. And not only that, if, if, we, if, we, if we reverse it into the middle of summer, for example, the sun never really goes down. It never gets pitch black around the middle of June. So I, I actually remember, I, I was finding that very hard. So I had to buy these really heavy curtains, almost like black, to keep the sunlight out in the even times. It was was uncanny, like, when I first came out. And then over the years, um, that was never a problem.
1: Is the winter tough? Because I was in Lapland last year, and sweet Jesus, it was like the sun wasn't up until about 10 o'clock in the morning, and it was dark by 2. Yeah, um, it was like you could. See, it was brilliant for the first few days, and then after a while, you kind of go, "This could get depressing <laughs> very easy." Like. Yeah, especially if they live it. Like
0: you now, thankfully, I'm 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 living in central Sweden. So I mean, you you can fit from Malin Head to Mizen Head, the whole of the length of Ireland. You yeah. you can fit Ireland lengthwise in Sweden four times.
2: It uh, is a big uh, country, isn't it, Graham? It, it's skinny, but it's massively long.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, like the the width the the width wouldn't be much, um, especially down south. The width of Sweden w- wouldn't be much wider than the width of Ireland. <laughs> Obviously, a little wider, but it'll probably you probably get from east to west in about four hours. Is it lakes? That's the impression I get. Just lakes. <laughs> like I call it the land of a thousand lakes. Right. Yeah. There's lakes everywhere. And all these lakes are connected with water systems, small, s- small little streams that go through untouched forestry. And then there could be bigger waterways like canals and uh, they're they're all hydro dammed, the bigger rivers. Every tw- twenty, thirty, forty 40 uh, kilometers, they're all hydro dammed, and, and primarily our, uh, Sweden gets a lot of their energy energy through um these hy- hydro dams. Mm. And uh I see more and more wind. These wind farms going up as well, and solar is another thing that's popping up more popular.
1: But how's that affected the fishing then, uh, Graham?
0: It's not good. We're fighting for it. Like you know, there's a trust there as well, and sport fish gonna which will be like the equivalent of almost like Taffy Ireland, but but they cater for all types of fishing. Mm. They're they're constantly they're constantly fighting the back, and they have a phrase. um in swedish just translated into english something to the effect of give us our waterways back or give us give us our rivers back or something to that effect um but we do hear here and there all over the country that they're you know for example one one dam they're planning to take it down it's it's just not produced and so then they get funding from the government and and it's demolished um or they'll try and build these uh, fish ladders up by by them, but some of them are so big, it's just it, you can't. It, yeah. it's, it's it's impossible to 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 construct a uh, a fish ladder for my mm. migrating uh, primarily migrating browns. Yeah, trout that would want to go further up.
2: Going back to it, because looking there, like initially you started there. With the stock fisheries around you, and then when yeah. you moved that bit further up north, um, did that, that opened up more, let's say, wild brown trout fisheries. Did you branch out from there then?
0: Yeah, well, I only moved up north last year. Now, I was right. still traveling, Tom, that lent up right for about four or five years. Now, I've, I've started it. I won't jump ahead of the story, but I, I, yeah. I'll answer that question yeah. first. Um, yeah, so and that's really where the competition fishing started. But you know, um, when I first uh found that I you know I could go up, take a weekend, or even if it was that desperate, I'd leave very early Saturday morning. And and,
2: then, and when there. you went up to these places initially, what was the fishing like? Tell us,
0: phenomenal, yeah, <laughs> phenomenal, massive rivers like, like the width of the Shannon at its mouth. Mm, yeah. huge flowing rivers uh, packed with grayling and s- small brown trout up around like a two-hour drive from where I am north. And that's where basically the grayling line starts. There's not really yeah. many grayling down south here. It's very strange. Oh, right. Like yeah. nothing. But th- but then there's a few rivers in Denmark that have grayling. Yeah. From if few lines Stockholm, as I said, through Uribru over to Norway, Directly south, the no Island in this country. They've, oh. they've died off. It's it's just it must be the it could be the water uh, clarity or conditions in the water. Uh, it could be more acidic, a little more chalk or whatever you know. But but it's like over hundreds and thousands of years that they're declining further further north. Mm. But yeah, uh, yeah. So the the fishing's great up there, and it's. It's where we train, like, and we we always love to try to get up there, you know.
1: With so much water there, like, is it? It's not busy. I get that sense. Is it like in terms of the rivers or the lakes? Is it like there's so much with, choice? Full of anglers and stuff. Yeah,
2: mm, yeah. And um, you'd
0: always meet. I mean, I if I wanted to go on a, a to a, a weekend where I know I'm not going to meet someone, I would know where to go. With, yeah. But if you yeah. if want to go to a place where it's easily accessible for me, I know I'm going to pick up a fish here or there. Um, I'm going to go to a certain place where, where you might get camper vans and stuff there. But, uh, you know, to have these amenities by, by all the rivers, it's great over here because they, they cater for the tourism and a lot of the Germans and Danish love to come up from the south. So by these rivers where it might be overlooked by them, it, it's it's brilliant fishable water for us but those people that park there or camp there they mightn't have any interest to fish that little area right you know so we just hop in there and, and fish and down along down along the, the past like and, mm. and you might just you know see them having a barbecue or their dogs might be in the water or whatever we just move far, further down
2: now i just ask you there then grab when you went up to these places like naturally, you—I'd say—you've probably been drawn to rivers, on account of what you grew up with. Um yeah. What about the lakes? And I'm, of course, I'm asking this because I'm a lake man, and yeah. I, have fish, I have fish there, and I know there are some great lakes there. But like, have you bothered with the lakes much? Um,
0: natural lakes. Now, if that's what you mean, uh, yeah. Um, I, I haven't actually, to be totally honest with you, Tom. I, 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 I nearly did like a 180 reversal on it, like. Yeah. When I over here, and I started finding all these rivers. uh I started to find myself immersed in all these small little rivers, and and the lake, the lake scene didn't fall away. Of course, it didn't. But I, I will say, probably in the last two years, I've neglected it, and and I've realised that. I've realised that last year when I went to Slovakia, right?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: But in saying that, I do scope out lakes and. I had a few contacts and they've told me some nice areas around here that do have natural brown trout. And if I go a little further, they might even have uh, the uh, um, invasive species of uh, brook trout. Right. Brook trout That's are invasive.
2: So- yeah. Wow. And, be
0: and there is no law on it. There's no law. You can catch as many as you want. You can take up yeah. as many as you want with no catch and release in it. They just don't want them in their waterways.
1: And also, the like pike fishing is great in Sweden, isn't it? That's it's that's a
0: big scene. Yeah, pike, fish, yeah. Perch fishing, zander fishing. That is probably bigger than fly fishing. Really? Primarily, yeah, especially down south. Like yeah. you, you, like my two neighbors, they 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 go out and fish for for the big lake behind me. There, they they would fish for for the uh the roach with the kids, you know, on the on the little. Uh, floats and stuff and maggots and whatnot. And then you have the big boys are going out, 20, 30 thirty centimetre jig lures and, uh, for for the big uh, double figure pike. And then some big perch as well. Like that's massive over here.
1: And what about what about the salmon ground? Because I've, I've heard of a few fellas going over doing a bit of salmon fishing and they've they've been raving about apart from the mosquitoes.
0: Yeah, the mosquitoes, yeah, you 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 just need to know how to tame them, that's all. Um <laughs> But, do, you have uh, any
2: remedy? do you have any remedies for... It?
0: Yeah, I, remember yeah, I do. I
2: much. do, Tom. Try every different
0: bottle of uh, midge spray that you can find. Yeah. Find one that works. Or if right. <laughs> at least have one of them. Little, um, they're like a little gadget where you can't hear but you put batteries in and you turn it on. It's very high-pitched. Oh, Does okay. that
2: work? I've, I've heard of
0: that. It works. Now, I wouldn't be getting into any depth and I just do a bit of spray on me and that'll right. that'll, that'll <laughs> be great
2: but uh, I, f- after a while I do you, uh, you've gone native you've just gone native I, I go native <laughs> ones, yeah. don't even need uh, a net
0: <laughs> I, I, I actually bought a net a couple of years ago and, and it weren't worth the you know what because you can't see out through it
1: <laughs> so tell so what about the salmon though is it decent
0: salmon fishing salmon's very good uh, I haven't done very much salmon um, I fished uh, a river called um, the Dahl Elven. It's one of the biggest rivers here. Way upstream is where we target the brown trout and grayling. But down near um the coast above Stockholm, that, that's where it enters the, the Baltic Sea. And uh, that's one river. And then you have a lot of great rivers all up along the east coast as you go further up, almost right up to the Finland border. And uh, you're getting huge, huge fish. But sure. they're, they're, they wouldn't be Atlantic salmon, that's what we would catch back home. So and, and it can be huge now, Tom and Lara. They they can grow to like 18, 20 kilos, like, like 30, 40 pounds, and they're huge. And they go out and they feed on the big shrimps and, and crayfish and all out, out, out deep in the Baltic Sea out there. And then they, then they come in around them. Um, they almost come in on like on clockwork. They 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 come in around there, uh, you know, the first or second week in June for about a month. You and you'll see the high point. Like you'll mm-hmm. you'll hardly get a ticket. It's just it's just be very hard, to, you know, to get yeah yeah. Like and then it just feathers off, and then you have about a month of nothing, and then the sea trail come back. Sea trail mm-hmm. come in the spring and they come in the in the in the in the, uh, the autumn. Because the temperature of the water has to be perfect for them, over here especially. And they won't they won't come in before that or after that. I'm not really sure the temperature of the water, but I'd say it has to be around 14, 15 degrees Celsius for them to come in and uh, enjoy their trip up, like, you know.
1: So, come here, Graham, t- tell us, you must be doing some amount of fishing because, and you must be good at it, because <laughs> you, uh, you turned Pretty your mild. back on the tricolor. You, uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. You were and, t- know,
0: and don't be listening to Dick Conlon either. <laughs> <I'll tell laughs> you know, I, was, I was giving them tips in a secret room and stuff. We we're looking for beer and whiskey. <laughs> 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 but, but tell us, how did you end up fishing for Sweden? Yeah, uh, yeah, so as I said, now we can get to the part where I was telling uh, you know, mm-hmm. they got a bit competitive around four five yeah. years, I suppose. I'm relatively new to it over here, to be honest. Um yeah, so I started to get into it and um, I started to, uh, even some of the my team members, mentioned his name, Eunice, we we became friends through that fish coin with, um, I had a it's bit of work, Josh yeah. there on fish coin, you know, and uh, we kind of became very good friends through that. And then uh, we, we'd have a, a trip the odd time north and they uh, gave me a few pointers and put me in the right direction, you know, and. Because primarily at the start, I was doing a lot wrong. But I I, I honed my skills in as an expat, you know. And I listened to these these great anglers over here. And uh, I I was like a sponge. I I just took it all in. Um, And uh, with with what I had learned back in Ireland, I put it all together. And uh, 2021, I would have entered my first official uh, qualifier. Wow. And... I'll be totally honest with you guys. I came really last in it, and I'm like, "What am I doing wrong? I'm doing, mm-hmm. nothing. I'm doing the same as what these, these guys were doing, and like it was very, very disheartening, very frustrating. Uh, I was nearly gone. oh, was, this can't be for me. I mean, pff. so I stuck at it uh, that winter. I remember, coming out of winter 2021, 2022, and I was starting to get into. Uh, this this uh, urine infant technique and dry dropper technique and all those things that aligned to that and it was time flies like to beat the band you know and uh, it, it was coming around to uh, comp season and um, the snow had melted quite early that year I remember so I was able to get up a bit north and uh, start training and I, I noticed it was starting to get a lot more grailing from uh, you know the small tips that I took on board and and things that I learned throughout that that harsh winter, and uh, the first competition then came twenty twenty two middle of June I was up on a stretch of water on the Great Vestadal Elven. It's called, and it's the such a big river. They give a massive beats. Yeah, uh, we we fished there the weekend. I can go into detail and if he's wrong about that, but I ended up getting them. Um,
1: bronze
0: oh i got the bronze out of that i couldn't believe and i said well maybe look i'll give this another chance you know and so um i got the bronze and then it came around to um I, sorry my apologies i tell a lie i got silver i got Jeez, i got silver I, sorry my
2: apologies. yourself out of a place bro. i
0: know it's terrible isn't it? i got i got i got silver <laughs> and then a month later in the middle of july we were to go way up north, 14 hours drive, way up north, way up uh, to uh, the wilderness. Now, when I say wilderness, I'm saying there's free roam and reindeer and everything. You have to be careful that, that you don't, and, like, they're everywhere, like, and bears. Uh, and uh, I remember that river, lovely river, River was very low. I was like, this is great, it just fits me perfectly. Love Low River, lower down, little pockety water, and, and I was feeling it, you know, going up. And and I remember the day before we'd fished the river kind of adjacent to that, maybe 15 kilometers and in, in, you know, and, and I did very well. I was very happy with, with the training day. And fished that weekend and uh ended up I got a bronze, and that was the Swedish Masters. So I got the bronze in that, and then, and long story short, a month later, we had the, the third and final competition, and uh, that was a competition that I had actually organized, Um, it was a Swedish Nationals qualifier for the team, and um, we had a great battle, uh, me and my friend, Jonas Olsen is his name, so a lot of you know him, he's actually the proprietor, and uh, I wouldn't say owner because it's Facebook, but he's the inventor of the EuroNymph page. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forty-five, fifty thousand 50,000 members on it. It was a great community. Uh. So we had a great battle that weekend, and he picked me at the post, and he got the gold, and I got silver. Brilliant. So that, that actually, when we added up all the score, it's Swedish Cup, it's called. So you you take your two best tournaments out of, out of the three. You you're obliged to fish two. If you don't fish two, you're not eligible to be yeah. qualified to go further, uh, to be picked for the team. So you can fish a tree, or you can fish two, but only two will, will, will matter. Like, but I fished a tree, and I counted up my two scores and ended up coming second that year in the Swedish Cup, which which uh, cemented my place uh, on the team for okay.
1: last year to go to Slovakia. How are you on the Swedish National Anthem? Um, how's your... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I'm not singing that, diary don't even ask me to sing that. But yeah, I do. I'm i pretty good
0: at it. I, 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 they, they'd know I, I'm definitely not from Sweden. Do <laughs> yeah. so you know much. the words? Oh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. good
2: man, good man. You can start it off with gusto anyway, and then everybody just move on to the next person.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that so that in a nutshell, folks, was um how, how I got into it. And I got into it very quickly and in the deep end, and and, and here I am now. Um uh, I suppose I didn't have the best season this year. Uh, when I say this year, I meant 2023, the rivers were all in flood. Uh I suppose I don't know. I, I had a good season, but but now when I'm thinking back how Sean was talking in one of the previous episodes, um it's more personal goal is, it's, you know, that, yeah. that you're given to yourself and you're just drawn towards that. Yeah, uh, the three competitions, the two qualifiers, and the Swedish Masters, um, they were tough because the, the water we just had, like back home in Ireland, it was just constant rain for the whole summer this year, twenty twenty three. Yeah, was it? Yeah, I, I couldn't. Just, we just couldn't get out and train. Like then, when the comps came around, a lot of us we were just. My personal personally I was very unprepared. So uh, I came forward in the first qualifier and then uh but the highlight of last year was um I got the silver last year in the Swedish Masters.
2: It was it was absolutely that's fantastic to do though, considering like as you say, the first one that you fished twenty-one, like you were last. So you, you obviously picked up on some of the tips, right? Yeah. And you know, apply them. So like I mean fair play exactly. to exactly turnaround.
0: Yeah, I, I just shut up, Tom, and I listened to people and you know, when I felt there was a question needing asking and I asked it like in you know the way some people think, well, I can't ask that, I'm a bit nervous. Or that's that might be a stupid question. They're gonna laugh at me. Ask the
2: question. What is it? There's no stupid questions, only stupid answers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or there's there's no stupid question if you don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh I suppose the last competition of last year uh, will go into the books as a write-off. <laughs> so I, I crept in, I crept into the team this year again. In, oh, good man! So, uh, yeah, and they voted me in as captain as well. So I'll be a captain competitor.
1: No, so, is you're adopted by them now? I have to say. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, really yeah. I know. Ah, uh, look at one way to fight. My heart fame. will always be in the Wicklow hills. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> come here. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're running short in time, and look, we might catch up with you again later in the year because I would love to kind of delve into find out a bit more of the fishing because we do bucket lists. And you know, yep. I'm yeah, kind absolutely. of Scandinavia is kind of on my list now, it's yeah. kind of closer to home. But before it's we, you're very welcome, I, welcome to come over, well, I'll, I'll <laughs> be i over I've, fished,
2: I've fished it twice. i fished mm-hmm. it in the world's and a European, and the Europeans yeah. in Saxon's Garden fishing was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's so, great. Yeah, so sounds yeah, incredible. I'd
2: love to. I'd love to revisit and, and focus maybe a bit more on the fishing. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Coach Tommy, we'll get you a week over here.
1: This <laughs> <ship>. Ooh, <yeah.
2: laughs> lovely. I'm liking it.
1: <laughs> get the two of over here. I'll be brilliant. But listen, Greg, before we let you go um, for this episode, tell us your most memorable fish on the fly. Was it in Ireland or Sweden? Oh, and that's going to be a, an
0: yeah. answer that everyone will be uh, wondering. Now, I've had some lovely fish over here, but I will say. Yeah, and, and this might come to a shock for some, but I would say the best fishing day and, and it's probably the two best fish I had would have been down on the Blackwater on, on Glen the Powell stretch.
2: Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. Now we're talking 2010, I think it was. I went down uh oh, when would that have been? They'd extended it, I think. First oh, that's uh that's right. first week in September I went mm. down. Now, the fishing was very hard. We fished for a whole three days. Uh, we were down by, um, I don't know if you can help me with
1: down at the island pool, or yep. what was that? Kilmurray. Killmur- Kill, uh, yeah, Kilmurray. Yeah, downstream at the island, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. D- just down uh, at the bottom of the island, uh, hooked into a lovely 14 pound bar of silver. That was uh, on a double handed uh, rod. I think that was my um, loop, it was a 14 foot. Oh, it must have been eight to nine. It was a kind of a soft tip with a lovely rod. I um, still have it here. And uh, yeah, that was a beautiful, memorable fish. I'll never forget it. I had a mate with me from Wicklertown. He didn't get a bite all all, all, uh, all, weekend. But the craziest thing was, like I fished for two days before that, and that's when I hooked into that beautiful fish. And I kept at it. Uh, we got a picture, and a nice quick release. And we walked up above the little hut it's kind of like a little fast run there and I went out there it wouldn't have been 40 minutes after I landed that first one and I hooked into a second one and that was a that was a a cock salmon he was in the system what looked like all summer he was like a massive trout. beautiful fish so that was probably my up to date now thank god my most memorable fish and day
2: that's fantastic Did your mate ever go fishing with you again?
0: <laughs> no we don't talk I'm just joking <laughs> No we're good mates We keep in touch Yeah i' yeah. hard at it He's still trying
1: Still trying to get That elusive bar
0: of silver
2: yeah.
1: Well no. do you know what Craig As you said It's about keeping at it It's a bit You know like when you say With mm-hmm. competition yeah. fishing You know you came last You kept at it You know yeah. And you just never know What might turn up yeah. You know if you person. You never
0: know that's, it. That's, that's the elusiveness Of this game We call fishing Exactly. And I don't know why. Great. I don't know why we're drawn to it. It's just a beautiful thing, and I love it. And I'll do it till the day I die. Couldn't
1: have said it better.
0: Yeah, Gray yeah, Reynolds,
1: Sweden's uh, next captain, the yeah. uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic of uh, fly fishing.
2: <laughs> Zlatan yeah. O Ibrahimovic.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ibrahimovic. <laughs> <laughs> tight lines for the season Graham and definitely we'll keep we'll um, do a follow up again with yeah. you because we'll delve a bit more into the, the fishing yeah. in Sweden it'll be brilliant thanks again for your time Graham
2: thanks guys And thanks to Graham Reynolds for joining us on the show don't forget to rate review and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from
1: Plus you can keep up to date on on IrelandOnTheFly.com as well as on Instagram and myself and Tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland.